Welcome to Creative Place, the podcast for creative placemakers. I'm your host, Andrea Orlando. A group of innovators from upstate New York have been bringing together musicians, artists, and healthcare workers for festivals and exchange of the art of medicine for the medicine of art. We chatted with them on May 28, 2020, during the height of the COVID-19 pandemic, about how they've shifted their work and why they're open to sharing their model through a toolkit they're developing. They're called opositivefestival.org, and their slogan is Apply Pressure and Elevate. In this recording, you'll hear Tamara Gatchel, principal at Cadence Creative, lead this inspiring conversation, while Megan Bertigliano, founder of Globally Curated, takes questions from the chat. Yeah, as you join, please introduce yourself in the chat. We love to hear where you're calling in from. And uh, without further ado, I'll turn it over to Andrea Orlando from the National Consortium of Creative Placemaking. Okay, thank you. And shout out to Megs Vertigliano. She is the lovely lady with the flower in her hair who has been greeting everybody and the best collaborator a person could ask for. She is founder of Globally Curated and Burning Man Cultural Ambassador. And she is going to read us some ground rules. I'm gonna share my screen. All right, rock and roll. Introduce yourself in the chat. I've told you that. I've also let you know that we're going to record this fabulous time together. Please mute yourselves as we go. If you have background noise, we want to give full focus to our hostess with the mostess and our special guests today. Please listen generously. And I will be monitoring the Zoom chat. So if you have any questions as things roll on, I will grab those and then uh, find a way to interject as we go along. And please feel free as this Zoom is rolling to add reactions. You can give a thumbs up. You can do a thunderous applause. We know you're out there. We want to see your reactions. So feel free to use that Super Zoom feature. And also, if you want to post any resources, links, anything that might be of interest to the NCCP community, go ahead and put them in the chat and we will make them available to folks who joined today and also folks who aren't with us during this time. So please, the chat feature is yours and we are here to support this wonderful conversation. So I'm Andrea Orlando, Community Director here at the National Consortium, and I love to be social. So because we can't actually, can everybody see my coffee mug? Because we can't actually be together to have coffee or break bread, I'd like for all of us, if we're on video right now, to lift our favorite coffee mug and have a swig. I don't care what's in what's in your container there. <laughs> so, <laughs> and again, any information in the chat, we'd be happy to share in a follow-up email to you. We like to think of this as the beginning of the conversation, not, not the end of it. So let us know if we can share whatever resources you want to share, and we'll send that, that out in a follow-up email. And you'll want to look for an email from Eventbrite. 
and you may want to make us one of your contacts. So you get to see that. So I'm going to introduce our guest host today, who is going to be leading this conversation. Her name is Tamara Gatchel, and she is principal of Cadence Creative. And I know her because she is a graduate in the Certificate in Creative Placemaking Program, which is offered jointly by us, NCCP, and the New Hampshire Institute of Art and Design at New England College. And if you want to bond with somebody, do that program. <laughs> so we're both graduates, uh, class of 19. So hi, Tamara. Hello, it's uh, so nice to be here. I love being a part of the National Consortium because you meet the most interesting people. And I'm so excited to have O Positive here today. I hear so many people wondering about how we can better connect art and culture and health and well-being. And today we have a group that is right at the intersection of that. And they're doing such fabulous work. Uh, we have Joe Conker here. He is a painter um, and he also is a founding member of O Positive and was the uh, former executive director. And now he's focused on creating relationships and collaborations and connections with other like-minded folks who want to revolutionize care. So welcome, Joe. We're so grateful to have you here. And Holly Kelly, she is the new executive director of O Positive, and she has recently been doing a lot of work in Kingston, New York, with other nonprofits helping with the COVID-19 response and helping community members who have some needs. And if you were here with us in the beginning, we were just talking about that she's also an artist. Uh, she is a couture milliner. Uh, and if any of you joined us uh, more recently, if you didn't know that's hat making, I had to look it up. So it's a new word for me. Uh, she's worked with other um, nonprofits in the art space, and she also has performed at O Positive with her queer chorus. So we'll go ahead and get started, learn a little bit more, and then we'll have a chance to chat. So welcome, Joe and Holly. Thanks so much, Holly. You're not on my screen right now. Are you there with me? I'm right here with you. Hi, Joe. Oh, good. Hi. Hi, buddy. How's everybody doing? <clears throat> Seems pretty good from around the country. Thank you all so much, so much for being here, and thank you for having us. Um, we're thrilled to share our story of our small little uh, revolution here in Kingston, which is crossing the country. We started in 2010 and uh, O Positive actually started when I was at a party and this young gentleman walked up to me and said, I wanna bring a band to upstate New York and play Kingston and I'll clean their teeth. And I said, what? And then I found out he was a dentist and um, I came home and couldn't sleep and gathered some friends together the next day and called a musician and a doctor and said, you know, artists don't have any access to care. What can we possibly do together? And four months later, we threw our first O Positive Festival. I actually, if we were meeting in person, have tooth floss here for all of you just to punctuate the story. Um, and what happened after that was we, we had our first festival and unbeknownst to us, we used all empty storefronts. We used empty places. We said to bands and artists, we have this crazy idea. Would you come and play for a dental visit? Would you come and play and see a doctor? Would you put up art, big, huge wheat paste? Would you do murals? Would you get care? And to our surprise, everybody said yes that we asked. Our first festival was about a thousand people showed up and we had about 25 providers. Um, if we go to the next slide, maybe we can um, show a little bit of history. Um, so we do, we are a three-legged stool. 
at O Positive, we have art, music, and well-being. And the whole way that this works is through valuing each other and valuing the arts as equally as healthcare. And then valuing the entire community equally along with it. And over the years, we've grown. So we have art, and then the next slide is a slide of music. And we've grown over the years. You can see a pretty big stage here with a lot of people. So what started as a very small festival in 2010 has now become a very large festival with multiple locations around the country, including Outward Magazine in San Francisco, um, Petaluma, California, Chicago, uh, Haverhill, Massachusetts. We just had a festival last year in North Adams, Massachusetts, where we worked with Mass Mocha. So uh, let's see what the next slide is. And then well-being, right? So in 2013 or 14, after we had done years of clinic visits for all of our artists and musicians, the general public said to us, hey, you know what? We would like some wellness too. And we thought, well, what can we do for our community? So we reached out to the wellness community and they started to offer classes. And it's actually the biggest growth part of our festival. For a point of clarification, I want everybody to know, and I don't have one here, that our festival has always been pay what you can or a very low fee or free. And that has given you a wristband that says apply pressure and elevate on it that gets you into everything. There is no VIP, there is no hierarchy. This is the, the idea of valuing each other equally. And the magic of the festival takes place in the clinic if you wanna to go to the next slide. And our clinic is now staffed with over, Holly, correct me if I'm wrong, about 160 volunteer providers, is that close? 175, yeah. What? I know. Um, <laughs> More came last night. And um, that clinic is put in Kingston. It's put in a very big hall that also has a kitchen where the community comes and cooks for all the artists, musicians that come from local locations, which is over 60% to national bands that are touring and artists that come in from around the world to, to put up art. I mean, I think we have some numbers for you too in the next slide. So here are some numbers since 2010, and this does not tell the whole story. These look like these are direct numbers for treatment that we've done and dental treatments. But here's the interesting part of what's happened over the years. Every one of these treatments and every one of these clinic visits, because everybody meets in a setting where nobody is wearing a label, where the clinic is a pop-up clinic and it doesn't feel like a hospital, you don't have eight to 12 minutes. You have an hour with a provider if you want it. You go and you meet a primary care physician and that person is not worried about insurance at all. They just wanna come see you play at night their exchange is to come treat you and then see you on stage. So what happens that we've seen over 10 years here is we've begun to develop relationships that are very, very deep. That dentist and I are practically best friends. I'm really great friends with my primary care physician and he's seeing me tomorrow for a COVID test because he's in our clinic and I've known him for 10 years now and he's my friend. So we're building community in a way that many of our parents and grandparents did, which was they personally knew their primary care physician and their doctor and their massage therapist and their milk delivery person and their farmer. So we bring everybody together at O Positive to actually have them work together for a better and, and more healthy community. So, but I think the important thing here is that we've begun to, to respond. We begin, we've begun to get, I'm gonna backtrack and just say this. This is a shot from inside our clinic. What we didn't know when we first started, our first questions as artists was, why would the healthcare providers do this, right? They get paid well, they have jobs, why would they give of themselves to do this? And what we hear time and time again is this, we wouldn't do it if we didn't believe that it's our mission to take care of people. And we value art and culture in our community because we want to live in a community that values art and culture also.
So we want to take care of our artists. If we take care of our artists, then we live in a better place. So we often say that we lead with the bow of the ship for O Positive is the exchange of art and medicine. What follows behind is a much more deeply connected community. And also an amazing amount of people have moved here because they see we've done 40 murals since 2013, large scale, you know, eight story, 10 story, three story murals. And given most of our artists their first chance at a wall, most of our artists who didn't have a chance, we learned early on, didn't have a chance because maybe they were from a marginalized community and they just never had a chance. So we give these people a chance to do their walls. So from a tourism perspective, as you all know, as creative placemakers, murals are a huge draw. So I think we actually have, we have murals in Petaluma, we have murals in San Francisco, we have murals in Chicago, we have most of our murals in Kingston. But we see that as a way to connect community too, because if you're walking down a street and you see somebody on a wall who looks like you in your community, is done by somebody in your community, you're gonna feel a lot more connected to that community. So we start to have the conversation about what does well-being look like for an entire community? What is it to feel mentally well? What is it to feel physically well? How is it to be connected not just to your doctor, but to the artist that you saw at O Positive playing at a show at O Positive, who's now playing maybe at a bar locally or in your hometown and you go and see them. So we have this vast network now of alumni across the country, not just of artists and musicians, but of providers. So, you know, we know that if, and this, this can happen, where an alumni will write to us and say, I'm on tour, I broke a tooth, I'm in California, and we contact a doctor in California and they say, we'll take care of it. And I think that's really important because they played O positive. And it's how do you build a, a, a network of providers that literally do the most important thing? We see each other. And we see each other not for what we have in our bank account and not from our job, but we see each other as equal value. That was great, Joe, thank you. We can move on to the next slide, please. So we are in a really intense time right now, all of us. And at O Positive, starting this year, we plan to have a pretty quiet year um, with a lot of internal visioning our future, planning for our future, and uh, doing a festival in Kingston in October. And that was our plan. And the year and the pandemic completely uprooted our plan, and we found ourselves so deeply positioned in our community to be an active responder for the whole community. Our mission of empowering the community to take control of their collective well-being through art, music, and wellness um, perfectly positioned us to be an amazing resource for our artists, our musicians, and also our entire community. So um, we've kind of had a three-pronged approach to our COVID response. Our community-oriented response has been working with a number of amazing other local nonprofits. We um, formed the Kingston COVID Resilience Network, uh, which is a network of other like-minded organizations and people. We put together a community fund that has dispersed more than $450,000 in Kingston. Uh, within the Kingston School District, and that was to anybody who needed it, no means testing, $500 toward their needs. And that has been such an incredible resource for the community. But 
We also saw that our expertise, something that differentiated us from these other local community nonprofits, is our wellness component because we are so used to getting people the healthcare that they need. And uh, we saw that our community needs mental health resources in this time. And so we coordinated this hotline, mental health hotline. And anybody can call in from our community and get access to three mental health sessions, formal therapy sessions. We had originally oriented it toward frontline workers because in the immediate need around essential workers, we saw that they were being impacted. And actually now it is opening up this service to our entire community. So we're really proud, um, and a lot of the therapists who we work with in the clinic, those people are now here manning this hotline for everybody. Some with some compensation, but many just stepping up in this time to do what they do best, which is provide people with healthcare and with um, what they need. So another um, component of our response has been offering our services to people directly through the internet. Um, we've held what we call loving kindness, compassion focus meditations, and those were in the immediate acute response once a day. And then it went to three times a week and now we're at once a week. And we've found that giving people just space to center has been so helpful just as people are dealing with this. And I know a lot of different organizations are offering this but we found that people wanna access this in their community. And so our art artists, our musicians, our other wellness providers have been some of the key folks accessing this service. We've also had house calls, which is what we're calling basically our weekly or biweekly sessions that have different topics, some mental health oriented, others cooking, um, dance oriented, aerobics, just different ways to get people together in this time. And, and this is a huge part. So one way that we are, um, one thing that's happening is that our artists and our musicians and well, lots of people in our communities, but artists and musicians uniquely are facing deep economic devastation right now. And you know, musicians were some of the first people to stop working and they're going to be some of the last people to um, be out there with crowds performing. And we're constantly grappling with the fact that we are so proud of our mission to get wellness to them. And also right now, what wellness looks like for some of those communities is financial. And so we see our role as amplifying our alumni um, so that they can make some money. And our development team is shifting to directly support artists and musicians in helping them with grant applications. There are a lot of resources out there, but they're pretty overwhelming for a lot of folks. So we're giving our resources directly to them that way. So it's been a pretty rapid, you know, all of that has happened in the last two months. And we kind of anticipated this being a quiet time of year for us. And just organizationally, internally, I took the helm on March 2nd 
So <laughs> it's been a pretty crazy time to transition and also think about how we can support the community and use the amazing wealth of resources and relationships that we've built over the years to react in this time. And it is really the fact that we have 10 years of building community that has meant that we could pivot so easily. Thanks, Megs. <laughs> so we've really, we've really been at the same time as all of that. We also have our festival in October that we are grappling with how to handle that. And we go back and forth as a team on whether to have an event in October, whether to continue just more active year-round programming um, and put the festival aside this year altogether. So TBD on that. And um, I'm also just trying to, you know, our one thing, I'm not sure if we mentioned this, but we should have as the very first thing we said is our values are radical, compassionate, and creative. And everything that we do tries to, sometimes fails, but we really do try to center those values. And so as we, thank you, Leo, um, as we are responding to this and thinking about what we're going to do, we want to make sure it still has those three elements to it. And so I will leave with the values instead of starting. Thank you, Joe and Holly. It is just fantastic to hear about the work that you have done historically and how you've responded. And you think about it, it's been such a short period of time in all of those different components that you've added and it's allowed you to build on that because of the community and the connections that you've, you've created. As I was listening to you to talk, I was wondering if we could go back kind of to the beginning first and then come more present day. There was something that really struck me, Joe, that you said when you were talking about the boat image and that you, you know, you start with this exchange between the, the providers and the, the artists, and then it creates this wake behind of community. And, and I hear you talk about how important the exchange is and that it's an equal exchange and that you don't want the providers to be kind of in a privileged, you know, that it's, it's a, it's an exchange of talents. So what I'm, what I'm wondering about is focusing on the providers first, what has it been like, what have you heard from the providers when they come into this festival environment and they're providing care and they don't only have eight minutes? Because you're shifting the whole, when you talk about revolutionizing the future of care, you're talking about kind of going back to what it used to be like when you formed relationships and had time. So what have you heard from the providers? Yeah, I, that's a great question. And I have a really good story to answer that. I will say, since there's so many New Jerseyites on this call, that I grew up in South Jersey, and I remember my grandparents trading sweet potatoes for doctor's visits. So I, I get that. And I think that um, I think there's an answer here that is um, really poignant, and that is we're up to a lot of just so, and you should all know that I'm just going to let you know, when you check into the O Positive Artist Clinic, you get met right away by a greeter, then a nurse practitioner, then your first visit is with a primary care physician. And then you circle around to everywhere you want to go. Everything from getting a haircut to seeing a massage therapist or mental health and all these different specialties. But when you exit, you have a chance to sit down with a healthcare navigator so we can offer a pathway to continuing care 
for our artists and musicians. And I didn't make that clear in the beginning. And it's something that always comes up. So I, I want to get out ahead of that question. I once was at a festival at O Positive here in 2014, I believe. And there was a young doctor who I know well. And it was his first year at O Positive. And I said, oh, my God. And I won't say his name, um, Dr. So-and-so. I saw him at a show at a venue that wasn't open before O Positive. We started with empty storefronts and now there's multiple venues in this town where touring bands play. And I said, I can't believe the line that was out of the clinic today. You must've seen so many people, it was amazing. And he goes, oh no, I just saw four. And I said, wait, what do you mean you saw four? He said, well, I did six hours, but I spent over an hour with each person. And I really know I had an impact in her changing their life. And that's all I needed to hear. To me, that was just like, oh, right. And he said, you have to remember, I get eight to 12 minutes. And then I spend 20 minutes filling out paperwork. And then I get eight to 12 minutes. He's like, I don't get time to spend. So he comes every year and he's one of our doctors and all those people were local, they're now his patients. So, you know, it just, it's one of those things where when you have the time to sit down with someone, and this is also on the other side of the table, right? When the artist and musician actually gets to sit down and talk to a professional, and we don't just have medical professionals, we have accountants and, you know, the actress fund comes every year to talk about enrolling in insurance, but also the fact that they have a clinic in New York city. So any of our artists and musicians in New York city who have problems, we just send them right to the actors fund now. So we've established all these relationships and, and these artists and musicians actually get to sit there and not just have a conversation when they're behind the curtain, but when they're having lunch and when they're having dinner and then after their show, because there's no VIP access and everybody's just hanging out. They, how many times, Holly, have we seen somebody from stage say, is there a doctor in the house? And everybody's hand goes up. Yeah. You, know, it's, <laughs> you know, it's really, it's a whole different way of, of looking at the festival experience. It's a, just a different way of being. So I hope that answered it. I think it's just so fascinating because as I was listening to your presentation and we've had a number of, you know, preparation calls to get ready for today, I don't think I realized how much of a different model of healthcare and a different model of a festival. So what you're describing is a difference in kind in the way that people interact with the artists and then also the way that they're receiving care. And I would imagine that it's, um, yeah, that there's a richness there that is much deeper than I was thinking about before we got together. The, the second question that I had is, I love your logo um, where you have the O positive and then it says apply pressure and elevate. And I think it's very, it's both poetic and provocative. And there's something about what you're doing that I think might be considered activism or it's very interesting to me because I'm not someone that maybe would go and protest, but there's something about what you're doing. It provides this this way of seeing in a different way. And so I don't know, I, I guess there should be a question there. I think the question is, do you see yourself in the political and the activism kind of a realm? And, and how do you see yourself that way when you talk about radical, compassionate, creative? Holly, would you like to do that? Yeah, I mean, Joe, you can give a little more background to apply pressure and elevate, but I can speak a little bit more to the political. I think we are definitely a political activist kind of organization, but we do it in ways that you might not necessarily realize. <laughs> we, 
we want to tear it all down. Let's tear down the insurance system. Let's envision a world where people get the care that they need and where our community has access to the wellness services they need and art and music and and let's get people directly to doctors. And so I'd say that it really is outside of the capitalist system that has been built. And we're, we're thinking about future of care. We're thinking about what a better healthcare system can look like. And, and so, yeah, I'd say definitely, but not so you'd know. So when you say we're envisioning though, because it feels like you're, 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 you're creating as you're envisioning, right? Because you're envisioning it, but then you're providing this model that people can come to and the community can. We've always built it as we've flown. Yeah. And I think that's what makes it so good. Quite yeah. honestly, if we were stagnant, we'd be dead. And I hate to say, I hate to put it in such stark terms, but you know, we are activists as Holly said, but we're activists because we're activated. We're not mm-hmm. activated. We're not activists because we're screaming. We're, we're leading by example to create a new system. I'm not even thinking about the old healthcare insurance capitalist system when I think about O Positive and what we're doing. I'm thinking about what we're doing and mm. what we can add to it. So the goal is to always keep an open container and to allow things to pour in, especially from younger artists and musicians and healthcare providers who are gonna have new solutions. I'll be completely transparent. One reason Holly is the new executive director. I started it 10 years ago, I'm getting older, it's time for younger voices and new thoughts. Amazing. So Katie, uh, I saw you raise your hand. Do you have a question? Yes, uh, thank you. Well, I have like a million questions. <laughs> you know, with everybody talking about how they're trading potatoes for services, are these artists actually trading their skills for healthcare or are you paying them, I hope, an artist fee on top of this to come to your festival or how do contract work? Great question. And Joe can speak to the history of that a little bit, but we do have a small stipend that we offer to, to musicians and artists because we all do also have some rent to pay at the end of the day. However, um, it is small. So really, we also have had the uh, somebody turn around and say, I just got $10,000 worth of dental care and I paid an hour show. So there's definitely money isn't at the core. Money isn't it. It's that exchange of people's time and passion that's at the core. Thank you. That answers it. Well, and Katie, I'm just going to follow up and say one thing that we've noticed, especially because we've really focused on emerging musicians and artists. Like there's musicians now that tour the world and O Positive was their first festival. And I'm thinking of one band in particular that hadn't been to the dentist ever. Mm -hmm. And they went to the dentist and then like that confidence. And then we actually sent them from Kingston. They had planned a tour in 2012 and we sent them to the amphitheater at Lagunitas up in Petaluma to get paid as one of their stops because they're our alumni and we have relationships around the country. And I think like if, if, if our alumni see us as a support network and working together as a collaborative effort that we can then actually get people more access to more money at different locations. 
But at this location, you'll get a small stipend to get here and travel and food and everything else is taken care of. We put you up, we feed you, we take care of you, especially our mirrorless who are up on the wall for a week to 10 days. And then after that, you know you have access to so many other things. And we've now begun to get contracted to do huge murals in other cities where we get our alumni gigs and we work with them to produce the murals and they get paid. Mm-hmm. And we put them in other festivals and we know that our bands are getting paid. So it's also something to look at right now during this time because, you know, as a painter, I'm not selling as much work as I used to. So, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a very great question and it's something we're constantly working with. Okay. And how do you develop the relationships? I mean, in Kingston, I understand, you, you know, you have your healthcare providers that you go to or that you know, but how do you develop those relationships with healthcare providers in other cities? Because developing relationship with artists, I mean, the arts community is so small. I get that. It's easy to develop relationships because we're just a small community. But me being an artist, too, I wouldn't even know how to begin to develop relationships with healthcare professionals um, in, in a different area. Holly, may I, may I take that one? Okay, so here's the most, here's the inside thing that nobody knows. The healthcare community is even smaller than the artist community. They actually know each other and want to help each other. So the dental, the dental thing that I was telling you about, and this is a story from our clinic director, there was a band playing and going to LA that broke their tooth. We tried to get them a dentist. They were leaving for Sweden. We actually got them a dentist in Sweden because a dentist knew a dentist in Sweden when they landed. So it's really about having the same relationships that we have here. Like for instance, we now have a great relationship with the folks at Berkshire Health Systems in, in Western Massachusetts. If somebody needs something there, we know who we can call and say, hey, this person played O positive. They're one of our alumni. It doesn't mean they're going to get it for free or exchange, but it means that they're, they feel comfortable talking to this person. We found you someone. Um, we recently had a very sad thing happen to one of our artists who got into a car accident in California. And when they, they were on tour and when they came back to New York, they lived in Brooklyn, they wrote to us and said, I'm really concerned because I don't have insurance right now because every year artists have to reapply for health insurance. And I have all this recurring injuries from this accident. What do I do? And we literally called the Actors Fund and they just in one sentence were like, we got them. We'll take care of it. And that's it. I mean, it's just, it's just knowing that and always being open to make new connections. Like maybe there'll be somebody on this call who will write to us and say, I know this person or I know that person. And that's it. Thank you. That's amazing. I wish I would have known you when I would, had no insurance as an artist. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So uh, we've got a question from our fabulous Leo. Uh, and I think then maybe we'll have time for one more question and then we'll start to wrap up. And Leo asks, what roles? Oh, hey, Leo, do you want to ask your question? Uh, thank you, Joe. And thank you, Holly. Uh, uh, I, I love your value statement. And, and we're activists because we're, we're activists because we're activated. Wow. That, that is, that's inspiring. Um, so my questions were, and like Katie, I've got a million questions, uh, but um, what about the towns and the local public health agencies? What, uh, how, were, how, if any way, were, have they been involved in the festivals? Okay, yeah, totally great question. Um, this is really important. There's, a, there's something that most people don't know, and that is that there are 30,000 federally qualified health centers in America, and their charter is to take care of anyone for sliding scale or if they have no money to to do that. So the first team that we look for in a new location is how close are you to a federally qualified health center? 
Because we know if we start there, we're going to find people who really get the community and really get what is needed. And usually when you find one person there, they know everybody in the community because it is the community health center. And, and that's really, really important. We have thrown festivals where we have not had a good relationship with that local, local federally qualified health center. And it was great care, but it wasn't as great as it could be because we didn't really find that connection. You know, you know what I mean? It's like that, that person who knows everybody and that's the person you have to find. Ironically, when we all used to meet together, it was really easy to find them. I don't know about now, but, uh, but that, that's the first step is how do you find that in a university town? Sometimes it's somebody in the university at a uh, uh, medical community that will be a connector. Um, Petaluma was like that because we had somebody in San Francisco from the university that really helped and had a home in Petaluma. So it's, it's how do you start to do that? And we have a whole assessment list that we go through. And that's one of the first questions we ask, I believe, which is, you know, what is the, what is the healthcare situation? And I also want to just go back to something you said, Katie, if you didn't have, if you wish you knew about us when you didn't have health insurance, I would counter and say, we may be more important now because you do have health insurance. And that's because we do so much stuff that isn't covered by health insurance. Because a, well, a, a community that's well isn't about health insurance. We often talk about not health insurance, but community assurance. Like, so there's all these other modalities that you could see at O-Positive. But for instance, we have an artist, we have a doctor, Dr. Maggie Carpenter, who built a box that she first took to Africa and now uses here. And it's an HPV screening box called Doc in a Box. And she literally is at our festival on the street and any woman can walk up and self-swab and she gets their test results and she calls you and gives you the results. So we literally have built, because we're open, we have built all these ways for the public to walk into things that even with insurance, you would pay a lot of money. And, and with us, you, you're not. So I just would, I have health insurance at times too, but there's so many things that O Positive does that I want to have access to that is not covered by insurance. Amazing. Yeah, you're really caring for the whole person. And just the thought that the doctors also get to express themselves in a, in a holistic way. They get to bring their whole self to what they're doing. Um, and I, I've just been thinking about how the symbol of O positive really also speaks to that. It's like the whole person, it's the whole piece, the whole pie. Um, and you guys are just incredibly inspiring. So with that, um, Tamara, any closing thoughts? And then we'll give it um, to Andrea to announce some upcoming National Consortium for Creative Placemaking events and happenings. Yeah, just wanted to ask Joe and um, Holly, I know you talked about how people might get in touch with you if, if, um, if they were interested in connecting. Did you want to share that? Because I know sure. people are going to want to connect with you. Thanks, Tamara. If you'd like to connect with us, you can email to be added to our list, info at opositivefestival.org. Or if you'd like to reach out to me or to Joe directly, I'm Holly at opositivefestival.org. Joe is Joe at opositivefestival.org. Pretty easy to remember. And one question that we do get a lot is, how can I do this here? And we are currently working on a toolkit to give people some foundation for thinking about it. We also, if you want to do a straight up O Positive Festival in your city, we have done that in the past and we'll work with you on um, an assessment. Though those are on hold right now because 2020. 
And but the toolkit will be an amazing way to um, get a lot of our learnings and um, information. And we'll be launching that most likely later this year. So reach out info at opositivefestival.org if you'd like to um, be added to the list that's notified of the toolkit. Or if you have any other questions. I think when you send out the toolkit, you should share this, um, this video. And the reason I say that is because I just feel almost blown away at how, how incredible this is from a model perspective and how you're just opening things up in such a different way about the whole person, the whole artist, the whole provider and a different way to come together as a community. It's just incredible. So thank you for joining us. And as I said, Andrea, you always introduce us to the most interesting people. <laughs> it looks like Katie has her hand up. Maybe oh, we, we have, have time one. for one more. Oh, sorry. No, you, you have to unraise it. <laughs> sorry. I'm just going to leave it up for the remainder of the video. <laughs> oh, okay. Sorry. <laughs> All right. I forgot to click it down. Zoom challenges here. But no, I do have more questions. But I'm not going to. I'll just email. I'll just email. Yeah. Yeah. Well, with that, I, I just want to thank everybody, every single person who is participating today. Well, thank you, Megs, for um, setting, setting the tone and taking all the questions. And uh, Tamara for stepping up to lead this amazing conversation. And again, we like to think of this as just the beginning. So no worries if you didn't get the uh, exact email address in the chat. We're going to send that in a follow-up email along with, uh, if you registered for this, you'll get the video that we're making. And in a week or so, we're gonna turn the audio into a podcast and release that to the whole world <laughs> so that you could share. And just really a special thank you to the leaders at O Positive for taking some time out to share your model with the rest of the arts and creative placemaking community. So, so shout out to the team on the call, Leonardo Vasquez, who is our founding director uh, and a wellspring of information. Little plug, next week he will be leading a webinar. They're always fantastic. And this, the next one will be about integrating cultural institutions into the surrounding neighborhood. Then the following week, we're gonna pick up the community coffee talks again with our guests, RJ Thompson and Kent Kerr. They are from Plus Public in Pennsylvania, just outside of Pittsburgh. And they just finished a research study on how design thinking supports the process of community identity. So we hope that you'll register for the next talk. And just once again, thank you so much <laughs> for joining us here today. And we, we look for, yes, let's raise our mugs. Thank you, everybody. <laughs> I'll, I'll raise some floss. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's you, probably healthier. <laughs> I think the one thing we did not mention was that we have a radio show every Tuesday night that you can listen to in live stream. Um, and we'll, that's on our website. So Tuesday night at 8 o'clock with a lot of information. Sure. And Joe, if you send me the, the direct link, I'd be happy to share that in the follow-up. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you all very much. Thank mm -hmm. you. So inspiring and wonderful. Yeah, keep rocking it.
You've been listening to Creative Place, produced by the National Consortium for Creative Placemaking. Don't miss a thing. Sign up for our newsletter by going to cpcommunities.org slash subscribe. Bye for now. Thank you.